0: welcome back to late night cage fight in this episode of cageless we are reviewing a recent film that was just released by the director kevin lewis director of willie's wonderland his new film is called the accursed or the accursed i like the accursed it just sounds i guess more classy what do you think cage fighter sean
1: I like Accursed.
0: Accursed? But
1: shout shout out to uh, Screen Media, who gave us this film to review. Uh, It was very nice of them to provide a pre-release screener, so thank you.
0: Thank you very much. We always appreciate just movies that we can enjoy together from behind our computer screens.
1: Especially if they're tangentially associated with one Nicolas Cage.
0: I was going to use that word. I was going to say tangentially related, and then I heard it in my voice, right, in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to say that. So I think we're on the same page here. There's probably going to be a lot of agreement. I'm hoping not, though. I'm hoping, Sean, that uh, you can maybe give me a little more insight into the story of uh, this film. Let's see here. So it's been, it's about a week since it was, since it was released. I believe October 17th was the release date. It stars Sarah Gray. Sarah Gray. (laughs) Okay. Meg Foster.
1: Best known for for, uh, her role in Stargirl.
0: That's right. uh, That's right.
1: Nobody, nobody
0: watched that's okay, because maybe we'll get a couple folks to watch this one, right? That's the idea. Meg Foster, I, I didn't recognize this actress um, until I did the IMDb search and realized that she had a pretty big role all the way back to Masters of the Universe in the 80s. And she's actually had a very, uh, prodigious, is that, is that the right word? She's had a, a long career in acting, and she played the part of Eva Len in Masters of the, Masters of the Universe. And I remember, like, her hair and makeup and everything. It was a really cool character. And when you see the actress now in this role of, uh, Miss Ambrose, um... Let's just say it's a much it's a much different role. Uh but to me she stuck out. She stuck out as as I think one of the best um performers in this film. We've also got Sarah DeMont, Mina Savari, Alexis Knapp, and her daughter Kailani Knapp. A couple other supporting roles here. I won't linger too much. Just Tell me right now, Sean, Cage Fighter Sean. By the way, Cage Fighter Steve is not here with us tonight, so um, we'll all just just take a moment of silence for Steve here. Okay, that's done.
1: <laughs> what did you he think hibernates of grenades during the holidays <laughs> to uh, avoid uh, right. watching horror movies?
0: Yeah, he's like anti-cageless now. What do you want to say about the Accursed before um, before we talk about it? Before we really jump into the story and uh, our thoughts on it?
1: So i definitely say that it... It gave me some hereditary vibes. Uh,
0: I felt that too. Anyone
1: uh, you know, uh, listened to our review on uh, the works of Ari Aster... Um, you know, but definitely far more kin- condensed. Uh, you know, the, this uh-huh. movie, I, I, as I recall, it was a tight ninety minutes, uh, around that length. Um, mm-hmm. Hereditary is a lot more of a more of a slow burn film. Sure. Uh, yeah, very, very much about um, family and just how uh, family's choices can. Mm-hmm have negative effects on (laughs) their offspring.
0: Uh, I must correct myself that it was actually released October 14th. Not 17th. Oops. The Accursed. Hereditary Vibes. Sure. Um, when you compare it to Willy's Wonderland, I would argue that this one, I think, feels a little lower budget. Would you agree?
1: Definitely lower budget. Um you know this it is worth mentioning that that this was a movie that was filmed in the times of covid yeah so um they likely were delaying this just to be mm. able to release it in theaters and this happened to be right, the most advantageous right. time you know releasing mm. it uh, around october for halloween
0: yeah yeah but you know there is there is creativity there in how they blocked these scenes there's Lots of scenes with one actor, maybe two, that go on for some time, and I feel like speaking of the of the cinematography, you know they do a lot with the camera to keep those scenes interesting, even though there's not much you know really happening there and but it is kind of a slow burn too, kind of like hereditary I guess if with the simple fact that it all leads up to uh, something somewhat epic that we'll discuss when it comes to spoilers. I think it's going to be necessary, actually, when we talk about this film. Um, But really, this is a story about witches, right? And curses. And demons. And demons and all that dark stuff. So, Ellie is asked by a family friend to look after an elderly woman living in a remote cabin for a few days. She agrees, but soon discovers there's a demon hiding in the woman, just waiting to break free. And, you know, reading that and thinking back to the film, I think where this film really shines is in those sequences where they depict the demon revealing itself, or starting to come out of Meg Foster's character, Uh, Props to the special effects artists and the makeup crew. Very well done, very creepy and unsettling. And uh, that, yeah, those are probably the strongest points of the film, I would argue, which definitely important when we're talking about horror.
1: I definitely think that, you know, some of the performances in the movie um, felt a little a little light a little mm-hmm. you know low budget um yeah it, it was clear that you know some of the actresses in in the movie were you know hadn't hadn't really been in too many leading roles um right i, I th- still think the main cha- the main character um mm-hmm. didn't really give me the vibe that she was a nurse even though right she was supposed to be. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't really do anything too medical throughout the film.
0: Right. Yeah. So I tell you the first, the opening scene of the movie does a pretty good job at drawing you into it. Because it's actually kind of a flashback. Now I I don't know how far back a flashback. Um, I mean, you kind of get an idea when these two characters appear later in the film. you realize, okay, this wasn't that long ago. but you definitely get this vibe like, okay, this is this is like the prologue. And it's this woman and her daughter um, going into this witch's cabin to uh, ask her what to kill somebody.
1: Yeah, basically, um, it, it seemed like this witch would often uh, accept people to come to her, essentially to pay her to put curses on people. Right. Uh, it, it, it was clear from the initial interaction that, like, she didn't really vet who comes in to see her too hard, <laughs> um, which is how the the woman is able to get the jump on the witch
0: Mm -hmm. um yeah so she requires blood to drink yes and Uh, she's given a vial of blood that uh sends her into a very uh nicholas cage like uh, frenzy and that was the moment when i was like oh damn this is getting good and and that's there's kind of this minor twist there where the the woman and her daughter are are not there uh to ask for a curse to be placed on someone they're actually there to fight the witch <laughs> Is that what you got out of it?
1: So they they really position them as like witch hunters. Yeah. But l- later on in the movie they kind of made it seem like it was kind of a more of a one off thing. Um, uh-huh. You know, I was kind of expecting something more like along the lines of like, you know, the show Supernatural, um, uh-huh. or that this was a thing that they like regularly went out and did. Right.
0: Me too. I, Me too. I guess that
1: wasn't the case. Yeah. So it was a bit unclear to their yeah. motivations of like why they were going after mm-hmm. this witch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it kind of goes back to how I was talking about the shots in the movie, as well as the makeup and the costumes, and, and also the performance in this scene. They all kind of distract you from the story, so that after the scene is over, you start to think about it, and it doesn't quite add up, and you have to kind of... Rely on what's to come and it's I I guess what I'm saying is you know when you compared it to, to hereditary You you talked about how this is more of a compact movie But as far as the plot goes, I was thoroughly confused uh, At different moments throughout the film although there were things in the movie that uh, I I invited Because uh, I needed some crazy horror shit to happen, but I didn't always understand why and that opening sequence is a great example.
1: Yeah, I I was I was kind of confused too because immediately after that scene that happens with with the witch hunter and her daughter, uh-huh. um, you cut to our main character yes. who you just find out her mother passed away, and right. I was trying to figure out like what the connection was because mm-hmm. I I couldn't really see. Um, but for a second, I thought that maybe like, you know, she was related to the, to the witch hunter woman. So initially I thought that like, oh, is this her mother thinking that it was like a further, Mm. further back of a flashback than it initially was. Yes. Um, but that ended up not being the case. Right. Uh, and Yeah, so basically what happens is, like, this uh, girl's mother just passed away, and she Mm -hmm. gets a call, basically, to um, watch over this old woman, since I guess she does in-house nurse care. Right. Probably the worst, like, in-house
0: nurse I've seen
1: (laughs) in a movie. Um,
0: (laughs) Right, right, yeah. And in those first 30 minutes of the movie, it does kind of drag, you know? It, it's, it's like following her throughout the house and experiencing these, uh, these creepy sequences where it's, it's pretty obvious that the ghost of her mother is like running amok in the house. But for whatever reason, the main character... Uh, for whatever reason, Ellie... Uh, seems unconcerned or just in disbelief. So I, it kind of comes off as a little bit uh, comedic to me the number of like ghost experiences she has, and she just kind of discounts. And then she gets this job, you know, out in the woods to care for this uh, sick old lady in this creepy ass cabin.
1: Yeah, I don't her, know, man. Um the woman's daughter just uh i don't know is just like super awkward with her yeah um, yeah i don't know doesn't doesn't even really she's, she's basically just like oh like did you know my my mom and she's just like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: like what? yeah she's very aloof and yeah. another thing about this movie is um not a lot of lights work in the homes and stuff, I noticed that like she didn't like to have a lot of lights on in in her mom's house, and then when she goes to the cabin it's it's dark and spooky, and I'm just thinking, woman, there's some crazy shit about to happen if you don't turn them lights on
1: and the the main character also has a, a friend
0: who is
1: is part yeah. of the movie, yeah. for most of it oh yeah um, Beth. goes goes with her, so basically what happens is. She gets this call to take care of uh, the witch lady who supposedly is, you know, somebody that her mom knew, mm-hmm. and she goes with her friend there because right. it's kind of kind of sus, and, uh, <laughs> you know, her, her friend just decides to just, like, steal somebody's apple that was just yeah. laying around.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I wouldn't
1: just... Eat. I wouldn't just eat somebody's nah. fruit that they just have.
0: Especially a lady uh, dressed dressed like a pumpkin. Do you remember her dress? Dressed like
1: like Ness from, from Earthbound. <laughs>
0: yeah. I did like the... I, I remember I, I even told you while we were watching it, I liked the fashion choices, especially for Ellie. I thought she had some really nice outfits but that's mostly because I was trying to tune out of uh, some of the dialogue that (laughs) was kind of grating. You know, the conversations between Ellie and Beth are very um, white girl yoga friends type conversations.
1: Very, very, uh, you know, typical early 2000s horror conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also wasn't
0: sure when to place the film. Because for a time, I thought maybe it was um, pre-smartphones era or early smartphones era. And uh, I think it's just modern day, right?
1: Yeah, that was the thing that was weird, was like, this girl... Okay, like, if 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 you are going to be watching an old old woman, you can't uh. be on your phone the whole time. Come on, I
0: mean... <laughs> Yeah. Instead she's just like sitting she's, around thinking, uh, was that my mom's ghost? Oh, I heard that song again that my mom always used to play when she was alive. It's playing right now in the room and I didn't put it on. That's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, there's uh a recurring theme of using uh Mary Caitlin's You Are My Baby Girl. Mm-hmm. Um and they use that song throughout the throughout the film yeah uh and I mean that's that's kinda used to show how like her
0: mom's ghost is still haunting her right now I do have to say you know after praising the costumes and makeup I I do think that the choices for the mother were a bit odd to me it looks like she's wearing some janky ass wig and like she's trying to I, was her mom was a witch is that right Is that Honestly, why they made I, they made her look kind of witchy I f- <laughs> So
1: i found that a bit confusing too at just like yeah. what the connection was like because at the beginning of the movie basically the witch hunter girl gives tricks the witch into ingesting her own blood Uh cause basically the curse that she puts on is she invests she ingests whoever's blood uh is the person that you're trying to curse Mm -hmm. so she essentially got like a demon to go inside of her her body okay so like instead of having the the demon like a curse uh, somebody else she 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 did a did a self harm
0: oh you know what i didn't even really catch on to that so the 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 lady brought the demon into her own body Is that what you're telling me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that I think of
1: it, how did the witch hunter lady get the witch's blood?
0: (sighs) Sean, I have so many questions. Uh, Why didn't she just burn the house down a long time ago? Isn't that what she wanted? I'm talking about the witch hunter. Didn't she just want to kill the demon?
1: Because the witch was there.
0: Yeah, but the witch would, would uh, stop that from happening? I mean,
1: probably. She'd be even like, hey,
0: even when stop, she's in. the burning or, my house even down. Even when she's in a vegetative state. I mean, even before Ellie comes there to take care of her, to take care of the Cause lady.
1: Because the, the, the girl was. Because her granddaughter or whatever was there. Well,
0: screw her. That chick's nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was another thing, was like the granddaughter had like two different names she was alma but also dorothy yeah and i think i think i just missed something yes Yes. it it was kind of confusing because like the witch hunter girl at some point Uh just shows up kind of out of the blue and it's just like hey you should let me burn this house down yeah And then she kind of just does, like, big exposition dump. And... She, like, finds out that her mom was (laughs) friends or something with the witch. (laughs) I think.
0: I, I have to say this before I forget. There is a scene where... So there's, like, two stories happening at once, right? You have Ellie, who is experiencing... Miss Ambrose's uh, demon problems, while at the same time Beth is in town, you know, at the library asking what a microfiche is, and uh, trying to um, do some detective work. And there's a scene with a librarian who looks like a uh, Victoria's Secret model. Um, She's in just that, I I say scene, I mean, it was like one shot. She was in there for maybe five seconds. And her name is Olivia Day, and she's credited as the librarian assistant. And I just, I'm sorry. It just looked like a porn in the movie at that point. I, I thought that it was going to uh, take a different turn at that point. I've, I'm sorry to librarians. I'm sure that there are beautiful people who have chosen that career path. But she looked like um, she, maybe she was even too young to have her degree. And library studies. <laughs> do you even do you know what I'm talking about, Sean? Do you remember that shot? Yeah, you don't even you don't even
1: see her face.
0: And she's uh let's see on IMDb here. She is 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10. She's 10th here. I thought she was a little higher up, but she's right under Troy James who played the demon. And A little bit of spoilers here so I'm going to say spoiler alert I'll give it three seconds one two three alright this movie is really a uh, it's an avenue for Troy James who is a um, somewhat well-known physical theatrical actor he's a body performer this was kind of a, a way to showcase his skills as a demon so there is a demon that makes an appearance in this movie and he is in the costume, uh, and I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Troy James. He was—he's uh, done work for all kinds of just scary stuff, creatures, you know, Hellboy, The Flash, uh, American Horror Story. Yeah,
1: I mean The Flash is scary because uh, you know Ezra Miller gonna do stuff to you.
0: I. <laughs> I swear I read American Horror Story in um, maybe like an article about him and on um, IMDb I don't see that listed so I'm starting to question that. We got The Strain, Shadowhunters, well anyway if he wasn't in American Horror Story he should be because he can, uh, he can do some pretty sick stuff with his body. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about porn sorry.
1: Oh. So can the librarian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I, I opened up the spoiler box, so we might as well just stay here, right? Uh, I mean...
1: The xenomorph.
0: There's a... There's what's supposed to be a, a scary, psychologically chilling sequence with her mother uh, hanging from a tree, throwing apples at her. And I just thought that was really funny.
1: An apple a day keeps the witches away.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: that's not a line in the movie, it but it
0: should. should be. It should be. Uh, let's see. The police officer guy shows up. Has there been a problem? You know, they don't. They don't show the car. At first, you just see the lights, you know, I'm thinking, man, this is low budget. You know, anytime police show up in a movie and they don't show them pulling up, you know, it's it's cheap. But um, but it works, it works. Um, but I also thought this dude's going to die. He's die- It's always the cop or the person trying to help, right, that gets killed in these movies.
1: And then there's the other cop that's just, like, loudly playing... Uh, it- atari on her phone it sounds like
0: yeah now remind me we got to go through the the ending here because i was kind of rushed in a hurry to finish it and there is a lot that happens so can we go through that a bit maybe we can put some of these pieces together right like uh she finds the blood in the basement ellie the main character girl she finds the blood in the basement and finds out that her mom had been taking her blood.
1: Yeah, and because uh, she made a deal uh, with the witch yeah. to curse her father and basically said, like, well, I'll give you my daughter's blood um, as, as payment, that's right. essentially. That's right, that's
0: right. <laughs> and
1: um so that that was the uh i, I forgot about that that mm-hmm. that was the um how they were connected that's it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so the demon comes out of the body um, well can and, i i also um, want to say
0: i love when the the police officer shows up the first time he says yo know, he's like who are you and ellie says oh i'm Miss Ambrose's nurse, her caretaker. He's like, I thought she was dead. No, no, she's she's alive. Okay, and then he comes back later after shit's hit the fan. And she's like, Oh, uh, Miss Ambrose is dead. Don't go in there. You don't want to go in there. She's definitely dead. <laughs> he had yeah, to. Yeah, that was
1: another thing. Was like worst nurse ever. There, there's a scene at the beginning where she, like, where Miss Ambrose, like, mm. pukes up, like, a bunch of black shit. Yeah. <laughs> and... Are you, are you okay? Yeah, are you, are you okay? Doesn't, like, call 911 doesn't or anything. Her. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, doesn't change one bedpan.
0: No. She doesn't do nurse stuff. It's no. literally like she went to babysit... Her uh, her cousin, who's just in the in the back room playing video games and eating pizza, you know, and she's she gets to hang out in the living room and think about her ghost mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting.
1: And Alma comes home, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Kills her friend, who shows up. That's right, and does absolutely nothing and in (laughs) hindsight didn't even really need to be in the movie that's right she doesn't she doesn't really add anything besides going to the library yes
0: and my favorite part not really (laughs) (laughs) yeah and talking about um you know what what ellie needs to do for her future like, you gotta have some wine and some cheese and just, like, veg out, bitch. Could you imagine... Could you imagine uh Nicolas Cage, right, in City of Angels? But instead of Meg Ryan, it's this nurse?
1: Worst <laughs> nurse ever.
0: Yeah, her friend gets murdered. And that was... uh entertaining kind of fight scene there.
1: Demon burns the house down. Yeah, then, then
0: we get the the demon the demon's uh introduction before it was just um you'd see its hand come out of the mouth, right? I thought that was pretty cool seeing those fingers come out. It's like, "Ooh." I
1: was I was worried we we weren't going to get the whole thing, but yeah, but me they too. delivered.
0: me too. They did. They did. Again, yeah, Troy James is the creature and it's it's worth it to see how he uh moves in the, you know, demon suit, but it is also I'm kind of torn. I mean, I can you can tell, right, that it's a monster suit, but uh you kind of, you know, forgive it, I think in these kind of movies. At least I do, cuz I thought that the actor in the suit was very expressive.
1: Um and and it actually was uh the suit was made to protect against COVID too.
0: So <laughs> you know, you you joke, but uh I saw they had like a six person team of uh, COVID police. They were regulators or something, making sure that the policies were being followed. It's in the credits, so that's that's what confirmed our theory that it was a, a COVID movie. How about when um Alma uh she she t- she cuts off Beth's face and wears it, right? Like Silence of the Lamb style. You remember that? I do. Yeah, I thought that that was unnecessary, but amusing nonetheless.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was better than her face.
0: True, true. Oh, and then how do they get rid of the demon? Well, demon hunter woman. She has to read from the book. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she she reads the book. Mm-hmm. Um seals it away.
0: Yeah, it's the Necronomicon. But you just gotta know how to say the words in the right order. That's it, right? And Except I think it was in English, whatever the incantation was.
1: That wa that was what was kinda of funny, it was like it was just like nondescript <laughs> witchcraft <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah, that was, like that, was one, that... that was one complaint. And it's not just this movie. It's really for any movie that deals with witches and demons, I feel like there's somewhat of an obligation to, to put some thought into the demonology, into the actual, like, satanic part of it, you know? Like, I, I think when, when we watch movies with supernatural elements... We want to know pretty early on is it satanic? Is it just magic? Um, Is it something scientific that has maybe evolved through folklore? And sure, there are circumstances where maybe it's better to keep that open ended. But in a movie like this that actually has a book, you know, and we're talking about demonic blood and possession, I think you, I just think you need to make it. You gotta make it more satanic. You know what I mean. You gotta lay it out there. Like this is Satan. Yeah, that, That's what makes it scary, man. That's what makes it disturbing to me, at least. Yeah,
1: it's it's something unknown. Like it, that was that was what I thought was so cool about Hereditary, because yeah. it's like I mean, spoilers for Hereditary, but I mean, you find mm. that it's because the all this creepy shit is happening because um, right, right. the witch was. Uh, you know, trying to resummon the demon Pyman, which is like right, a right. real yeah. demon. And
0: Ari Aster did a lot of uh, real demon um, research to um, to create that within the world of Hereditary. And I don't necessarily, I don't think that Hereditary is a fair example or comparison to this film. I'm just saying, give me a little bit more. You've got a book. Where did the book come from? And it's funny that we're talking about this this spell book because I actually did just watch Hocus Pocus 2 and I'm I'm not I'm not going to get into the whole goddamn woke controversy and all that stuff, okay? I'll just say I do think that it was a little bit too sanitized. I felt that uh, you know, all the actresses that came back to reprise their roles were excellent. All their scenes were I thought hilarious. But again, which is are they satanic or are they fairies? Just evil fairies with some magic power. And Hocus Pocus too, I think, muddled that water a little bit more. And it's just it's like this movie too.
1: <laughs> see, I'm, it's I'm, I'm, the I'm dark I'm, arts. See, I'm I'm playing through the second bayonetta game, so I'm I'm going the other oh. direction. I'm like yeah. you know, it, it are they fairies or are uh-huh. they, uh, d- do they summon demons with their hair that are also their bodies with their, yeah. uh, with their, um, <laughs> stiletto gun heels? <laughs> Come on.
0: What the hell is the fashion like in hell? Must be pretty sick. I wanted, uh, I would have liked to see the demon in the accursed actually just like slaughtering the shit out of people. That's something I would have liked to see. But that's just my personal preference.
1: At the end, I mean, you you do get a little uh little bit of that with mm. uh the twist that you totally called. I did? Yeah, when when we first started started watching it, you were like, "I hope this movie doesn't have like a a dumb twist at the end."
0: Oh, okay. But I didn't say ...what the twist was going to be, right? No. Well... But... Yeah. Do you want to describe the twist at the end?
1: Well, uh, you find out that uh, Ellie is... In fact, employed as a nurse. Uh Uh-huh. Which I think was a huge twist. Um... But this might shock you that that's not the twist (laughs) we're referring to. Uh, So she walks into a room and Uh finds, uh, you know, they say there's a burn victim. She walks into the room and just sees a bunch of, like, doctors and nurses all, like, hung up. Mm -hmm. And uh, they start playing that familiar song. That
0: lovely tune.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Alma's there, alive. Yep. Which I thought was weird that they used that song for Alma. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they actually had her singing the song. Yes. But that song wasn't relevant to her. It was relevant to her mom. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I missed something, I don't know
0: that 's a good point i I was uh actually more thinking about how these uh, nurses and doctors and whatever patients how they were able to hang themselves from the ceiling with those sheets like that's that's a lot of work getting up there with the rafter i don't know i'm just. <sighs> It makes me, I hate to say this again, but it makes me appreciate Hereditary even more. I'm so sorry, because I know it's not a fair comparison at all. And I'm not the best horror aficionado, I think. But in Hereditary, when, when uh, the characters want to kill themselves, they just, they just do it. You know, stabbing it themselves, is- or it's, just, it's like intense. And when I see, like, neatly themselves. hanging from sheets, from the ceiling, to me, it just it just seems more theatrics. It's not, it didn't creep me out as much. But I think uh, the younger generation who haven't seen a lot of horror movies, it, it might have a stronger impact with them. And that's great. But for me, I just thought it was a little cheesy. And the, and the song didn't help either.
1: And then I thought the song in the credits was... Uh... <laughs> pretty
0: hilarious yeah yeah it was, yeah
1: uh, L- Loverman by Nicholas Edward Cave
0: Cave Cave Nick Cave, Cave. Nicholas Cave
1: <laughs> so wh- which role would you have uh, Nicholas Cage play in this movie which is the question
0: um I mean the opening scene is very Nick if he was the witch. I would love to see him. I think he should play an opposite uh gender role sometime. I I have no problem mm-hmm. with that and then just play it straight. But I feel like Alma had since she had more screen time and she was also a little nutty and gets violent and has a has her moments. He would he would succeed heavily in that role as well. And I guess would also be a This movie is very Female heavy. I don't know if I said that earlier. But there's very few male roles in this movie. Which I think is cool. You don't see that a lot today.
1: Every, but, uh, every male character in the movie dies.
0: Yeah. Except for the one scene with Beth's dad. Do you remember that? She's talking to her dad. I don't. You don't remember that? Um... Uh, yeah, the actor's name is Johnny Land. I forget what she's trying to get from him. Um, but it was a terrible scene. And and it it also ended with a punchline or some terrible joke that I cannot recall. But I'm like, all right. They left that in.
1: <laughs> see, I I would really like to see Nick uh do kind of like a A nutty professor situation and just just play all the roles
0: that would be so epic yeah and that would prove to everyone that he is in fact a versatile actor as we already know but if he had to play every role you know yeah i wonder you know how he likes to make up his own accents his own kind of voices for his characters if he would be able to actually <clears throat> like surgically discriminate between them you know what I mean
1: I wonder cause yeah.
0: that would be hard
1: I mean every time I try to do an accent I like s- slip between uh, like British and Australian me
0: too yeah it takes me some time to kind of hone in So I have to do a little warm up by myself and then come out and I can be okay with either one. But I think if you are British or Australian though, you, you catch on pretty quick. And then I have to leave the bar in shame. How can we, (laughs) how can we sum up the accursed final thoughts on this movie?
1: You know, it's, 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 Halloween season. It's a it's a it's a short watch. Yeah, you know. Um if if you go see this, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get Wally's Wonderland too.
0: You know what? I totally agree. We should be getting people out there to watch it. Yeah. Wow. Now I really really want this movie to succeed. Um I think that it's okay. It's a functional horror movie. It drags after that opening scene, but the like I said, the effects are cool. I really liked uh, the performance of the old lady, Meg Foster. She really committed to it. I mean, she had to, she had to do some gross stuff. <laughs> I think she
1: ate black licorice so she could spit it up in that one scene. God,
0: yeah, lots of vomiting and bleeding and crazy eyes. Yeah, That was impressive to see. But keep in mind, it's a COVID movie. There's lots of uh, emptiness in these scenes. I really feel like they were padding out the beginning. They don't get to the cabin until 30 minutes in to the runtime. And I think to make the movie stronger, you sh- they should have started much, much earlier going to the cabin because it really starts to feel like after so long, it's it feels like... Nicole Kidman and the others, you know, lots of just kind of eeriness and wandering, not a whole lot happening, and I'm like, okay, so this is more of a psychological thing, there's probably, it's probably going to be a bit smart as it unfolds, but instead it's, it's like you said, right, it's a, it's a simple movie, really, in the end, it just, some things kind of get lost in the, um, in the pacing.
1: It's, it's inoffensive.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the Accursed. It's available now. Um, wherever you stream your stuff, I'm quite confident. Make sure you get... On on something?
1: Yeah, make on sure Quibi. you get
0: the uh, 2022 just came out. So, I think there's a couple films with that title.
1: Yeah. If you get the one that has the, the librarian on the cover, you probably downloaded the wrong one.
0: <laughs> what? Not the right one? They should have they should have put the librarian on the cover. I just I don't know what's wrong with me, man. Like I saw the librarian. She has a couple lines, right? And I'm just like, why have I never been to a library with a with a librarian like that? It's always some lady that's like, "Hey, you can't chew gum in here." Shh! You gotta be quiet. It's never. It's you can't never. Use your heelys in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the library. Um, what can I help you find today? Oh, I really like your backpack. Never anything like that. Are you uh, hunting ghosts again? Is it your dead mom again? Oh my God. That was probably offensive to somebody. I'm sorry. We're canceled once once again. Once once again, yeah. So I'm going to give the floor to you now, Sean. Is there anything else you want to talk about um, at the tail end of this conversation? Should we talk about what's happening? I don't know which is coming out first, this one or uh, our cage fight that has uh, been on hiatus pending for months now. In fact, it's highly likely that these will come out within days of each other. So, that, uh, yeah, that should be out. Listen to our actual official Cage fight. We had a, an awesome guest on the show, Melissa, from The Tomb of Nick Cage, which is a, a badass horror punk rock band. And of um, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the New Orleans variety. And man, was she an aficionado of the cage. I was super psyched with her cage knowledge. Uh, What else we got? We have at least one more Cageless in the pipeline. But I don't want to say what it is, because I feel like we're always battling over what it is we're going to actually watch. So, uh, yeah, maybe or maybe not, you know? Who knows, right, Sean? Who knows?
1: Maybe we'll just watch... uh World Trade Center with uh, Yeah
0: Yeah Firefight a cage Yeah Finally So the story about Massive talent I mean if there is Anyone out there That's actually listening To this podcast On a regular basis They've got to be Scratching their heads Thinking Why did they not do Massive talent That's like The most cagey Nick Cage thing Ever made And I have to Tell you guys um, I Messed up we did actually do a recording where we discussed it, and I lost some of the audio files and If Steve were here right now, you know he would be uh, berating me for this. But to make up for it, um, I think I've convinced cage Fighter Sean we what I'd like to propose is we just do a commentary track, so we'll watch the film and then kind of talk about it as we watch it and. The reason is I listened to another commentary track on a podcast and I thought it would be really lame because I'm not actually watching the movie with them as I'm listening, but it was actually, it was actually really engaging and I didn't care that I couldn't see the movie. So that will be kind of uh, our challenge to watch it and keep talking the whole time and uh, keep that cage factor high, higher than the movie itself. Am I right?
1: And we will tell you, um, you know, why uh, we wrote and directed that movie.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's going to be about our influence, totally, on that film. I actually see In that the cage f- verse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm both proud of massive talent, and I also see it as a, I see it as a direct attack against us. And uh, I'm not going to let it get to me. Uh, it was painful for a while. That's why we have had kind of an extended break. Uh, I had to deal with some of the unresolved uh, issues that arose from being attacked directly by in um, cage. I don't. I don't want to get sued, so I, I can't. Anyway, I still love you. I still love you and Nancy. your movies, Nancy. <laughs> no, I mean I did feel like. Uh, it was a response to what we're doing, and that's what's going to make it even sweeter when we talk about it in real time. And I hope um, some of you out there give it a listen and continue listening to this wonderful journey of late night cage fight. Hopefully, we can keep it going with uh, some more cage fights and some more, what do you call it, uh, season finale cage fights where we actually legitimately pick our winner the previous winner, of which I'm not going to reveal. If you want to know, go listen to our Season 3 finale, Cage Fight, with Melissa from Tomb of Nick Cage. I'm Cage Fighter Reese. I'm here with Cage Fighter Sean. Thanks for joining me, man. That was fun.
1: Thanks for joining me.
0: All right. And we will catch nice. you next time. Later.